Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple of months, you've heard all about the GameTime app and how it can save you some serious cash on last-minute tickets to sports, concerts, and all types of shows. My favorite thing about the GameTime app is just how easy it is to use. With only a few taps, you can save loads of money, especially when you're taking your whole family to the game. Well, now GameTime is hooking you up for the holidays with $10 credit. Here's what to do. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on the My Ticket section of the app, create an account, then under the billing section, redeem the code THEATHLETIC. Once again, that's THEATHLETIC, all one word, for $10 off your first purchase. That's free money, people. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem the code, and it expires at the end of the year. That's December 31st, 2019. So make moves quick and score last-minute tickets. I love the Raiders. Most of all, I love to win. You're now listening to State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, and Ted Wynn on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Wynn, signing off from the Oakland Coliseum one last time. Uh, man, this is uh, this was... An interesting way for this place to go out. A 2016 loss to the Jaguars. Um, 16-3 lead, and they collapsed. And that's the the Coliseum. The, the, the end of this era is Derek Carr leaving the field to a chorus of boos. Running through some nachos and empty beer cups on the field. A lot of trash everywhere. Fans are throwing the trash on the field. Um, yeah, it was a brutal finish. I mean, there were so many bad... Games here and something, especially the last, you know, whatever, 17 years, so many horrible defensive lapses and just you know, things you can't fathom. But today, just uh, Jacksonville did not want to be here. They were, going through, they were going through the motions the first half. At one point, the mid-third quarter, it was 19-2 to two in terms of first downs. But the Raiders did not put them away. They couldn't uh, score enough points to get out to a big enough lead. The defense uh, collapsed and... Um, yeah, just a just an ugly ugly finish to uh, a long run here at the Coliseum. Yeah, and they defensively they played pretty good for most of the game until right up to that la- the last part of the fourth quarter, and they gave up you know the, the touchdown. And obviously, they let them drive down a field with less than a minute left. What was it? More than a minute? So it was a minute thirteen. Minute like thirteen. Seventy yards. Something like that. No timeouts. Allowed them to go out of bounds three times. And then gave up the touchdown at the end. It was just brutal and just kind of a exclamation mark on how things have gone for the Raiders in the last 20 years. Well, Vic, what was the difference defensively on that final drive? <laughs> what, what, what really, what was the thing that they could not overcome? Yeah, I know what you want me to say here. You try to set me up. Obviously, um, if you, people, I don't know if people listen to the post game. Press conferences, but John Gruden blamed it on the loss of Dallin Levitt. They lost uh, Dallin Levitt in the fourth quarter. He got uh, that's, a, that's a big loss. They run yeah. out of safeties, man. They he he's like their fifth string safety, and you lose your fifth string safety. I don't know how you can can move forward. Yeah, I mean that's not a good excuse, but uh, I mean there were guys running you know free all over the field, so I'm not sure Dallin Levitt covers six guys. So, but um, what what did Dallin Levitt do today? Did he have uh did he have much of a game? He had two tackles. Yeah. 
That's, that's it. He had two tackles. Yeah, you guys, he took a big hit. Like we said, I talked to him after the game late in the third quarter. He played through that first touchdown drive in the fourth quarter, but obviously wasn't uh, wasn't wasn't good. And then he took himself out. And uh, but whatever. And they have. I mean, it's just. Uh, I mean, I don't even know how to explain it. <laughs> just. I mean, like I said, Jacksonville, their offense is clearly not good. So that should not be possible to do that twice in the fourth quarter against any defense, either down 11 or if it's, you know, DJ Swearinger, you know, back off the street without even practicing. Who knows? But um, but also, I think the offense also should get some of the blame. Oh, yeah. I think they're definitely having – what's the stat I had? I think they had one touchdown drive in the last five games in the second half. I think it's 28 possessions in the second half, last five games. They have one touchdown, which is uh, – Pretty remarkable. I mean, for I mean, and, and out of your points to John Gruden's play calling adjustments, or Derek Carr, or the uh, receiver Tyrell Williams, another brutal drop today. So, so the of, light was in his eye, not a laser, not a laser. Yeah, there were lasers. Now, who's who was firing? Like the referees warned the crowds to please stop uh, shooting I, lasers. I, I, I'm pretty confident that, that must have immediately shut down any because you know if, if the ref tells you to stop, please stop. That this crowd here, I'm sure, was very responsive well, the, to that. The Raiders right? had the ball. So one, who's firing lasers and at who? One, firing are... them at defenders. That might be kind of tough. Uh, this is not well thought out. Is this a Jacksonville fans. fan? There's no way the Raiders, Raider fans, would let a Jacksonville no, guy no, no shine no, so lasers be a Raider down. Fan. The I mean, that whole thing sounds fishy. I'm not buying the laser thing, but uh, maybe there was, you know, because I don't know. Maybe there was just some weird light coming through that. Right. Because uh, Tyrell said it wasn't a laser, but just how do you know? How do you know what kind of light it was? If it well, like, if it's white versus if it's a red laser, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe he's uh, he's consulted Bros- I mean, Brock Osweiler. We'll, and we'll talk about the officials and that, that really uh, brutal call against Carr. But if Tyrell Williams catches that ball. They went, was they, it is was a pass the first down marker? No, it wasn't. But I mean, in terms the, the of the clock, clock keeps yeah, going, thirty-five yeah, seconds. You're, clo- you're, yeah. you're thinking worst case now. Now you probably are. If they still drive. They probably yeah, kick a field goal and go you know, overtime, but that was a, I mean, that was a, he's had so many drops this year. I know he's playing through injuries. He's had to play anti fasciitis, the foot thing, but foot injury shouldn't theoretically affect your hands. I don't know. I I never had it, but maybe it does. Maybe it like it uh, goes through your whole body from the foot <laughs> to your hands. I don't know. But he's having a hard time, and he's really cost him a couple of games this year. I mean, I'm not putting all on him, but he's made. His drops have come at some really bad times for this team this last half of the year. For a guy who's making the kind of money he's making, it's yeah, yeah there's exactly. expectations. But again, that. he's not a big part of the story. I, I got sidetracked, but um, let's talk about the play. What do you think about the uh, Ted about the car? Uh, the scramble goes for the first down. It was a great play call, right? Yeah, I mean, it was a good play because, you know, I, I was watching the game and the Jacksonville defensive ends, they were just crashing really hard the entire game. So I was, I was tweeting, like, they got to run a boot or something like that. And then they ended up running a QB keeper. The, the end crashed hard, got outside. And I thought he did get pretty close to the sideline, but he slid. Uh, so it, it was a bad call, obviously. But, um, yeah, I that's got to – I mean, you got to call that – down right yeah the replay, the replay clearly showed his knee was down about good i'd say maybe in two yards from the sideline so and yeah he wasn't he wasn't touched but he slid you're giving yourself up so right. you're wherever you slide that's for whatever reason the official that was right he was right there apparently he thought it was too close to the sideline that he maybe didn't uh, it was a horrible call and then obviously gruden tries to challenge it because it is a horrible call and he's, he's thinking logically like okay let's get this call reversed but you can't challenge those judgment calls that are you know, where a guy's down and stuff. and So they um, at first they lost a timeout, but I guess the officials like, you know what, <laughs> we're ready to screw them on this call. Let them have their timeouts. They didn't, they didn't take a timeout from them. But, um, 
it was a huge, huge um, call because uh, now all of a sudden, instead of the you know the clock going to a two minute warning, now you have run your first down play at two o five, right? Mm-hmm. So the first down play is is done, two minute warning. Second down play, you run the ball again. And they call a timeout, their last timeout for the Jags, which – so right there, you've lost 35 yeah, seconds. Yeah, exactly. 35 seconds you've lost if you're the Raiders. And then now it's third down. And if that happens, you're probably going to run the ball in that case. So that's probably another 35 seconds. So we're looking at 70 seconds that a call kind of robbed the Raiders of. And, again, no excuse for the collapse. The defense should be embarrassed for what happened in the fourth quarter. The offense kind of got uh, way too relaxed. But, um, yeah, obviously the officials played a part in, in this outcome. Yeah, and, and you know, obviously Carr got a lot of flack for the the ending, but I, I didn't think this was a game where he he played particularly bad. I mean, you had that drop on Tyrell, you had that terrible call there at the at the end, and you know, if you look at the replay of the hail mary, he he actually threw a pretty good ball and it had a chance to get caught, but it just went off of Doss's helmet. So would have been a great story. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't put this loss, I wouldn't put this loss on Carr, and he's in a pretty difficult position too. His top receiver. Yeah, there's a lot of receiver injuries, and his top guy has a foot injury. So Waller is, was the main guy, but once they took away Waller, you know, nobody's really winning against DBs anymore. Right, and today there was some pressure. I mean, I think the, both the tackles yeah. the Raiders had a bad day, and mm-hmm. there was a lot of pressure on Carr. So, I mean, obviously, but I'm not saying, I'm not saying he is blameless. I mean, there definitely were chances for plays throughout the game, and when you dominate the way they did the first half, the first you know two and a half quarters, you got to be up more than sixteen to three. I mean, they, they got to score some more points there, and definitely, like he said, they want to put their their foots their foots on the Jaguars' throats. But you know, wanting to do it and doing it are definitely different things, and they weren't able to do that. And then the defense just uh, just totally uh, really stopped playing, or just uh, I don't know what they did. But it's really kind of weird how things just kind of fell apart so fast. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it, it's this is not a game where you you put it all at the feet of Carr, but it, it's unfortunate because it, I mean, Carr's the one who who gets to ends up experiencing all the heat. I mean, the the relationship between him and the fans has just deteriorated so much, and yeah, I sad. mean, to where he, it's, it's it's become like uncomfortable. I mean, it, yeah. and you can you can tell that. I mean, he's a guy that you know has has shown a lot of appreciation to the fans over the years and has enjoyed being here. But he's reached the point. I, I, you know, he's he's not going to say it, but you can kind of read between the lines. He's reached the point where he's just he's kind of done with these guys. You know, I think, uh, you know, you talk about the booing. He's like, oh, well, I'm used to it by now. And you know, what what are you going to feel like leaving the Coliseum the final time? I just kind of want to see my family. And and I, I don't blame the guy. I mean, um, he, you know, it's it's become. I mean, everybody blames him for everything. And again, he's not blameless in in all this. He's not a perfect quarterback. But right. um, he takes, I think, probably way more heat than he should. And getting getting booed as you go to say goodbye to the black hole, getting stuff thrown at you, and then getting booed again off the field, um, that's that's that. He should have been able to, you know, Eric Harris, uh, Markel Lee, guys like that, guys who were on, on the field defensively right. when they got absolutely torched, they got a chance to, to take a lap around this, around this stadium right. and say goodbye to the fans. 
Derek Carr couldn't do that because of the reaction he was getting. And that's, I don't know that he was going to, but I bet he would have. I bet he would have taken a lap. But yeah. you go over to the black hole and you get that reception, and, and he, he had to head back to the locker room. Yeah, he was trying to salvage what he thought was going to be a special moment. Like he had told fans beforehand he was to come down and talk to him after the game. And I, I'm sure part of him realized that was not a great idea afterwards when he's sitting there and they, they've lost the way they did. But he's trying to salvage it. He thought he could still make it to a cool moment. Maybe like, but. I was just think that's just way too optimistic. That's just not. I mean, it was not going to happen. So I just, um, you know, I think, he, I think he knows. Like half these fans like love him, and half don't. I mean, half really blame him for a lot of the problems. And I mean, and, and especially because I think these fans are kind of um, the Gruden thing is weird because obviously Gruden came back and there was so much love for him, and and there's been some good moments this year. Well, okay, he can he's got it. Chucky's back, but. There's also been a lot of bad moments, even this year. So I think fans still want to believe in Gruden. And so to do that, to say, okay, we're going on the right way with Gruden and we're going to be in Vegas. So what's who can we – what's the problem here? If it's not if we're not going to totally come down on Gruden, then it's got to be Carr. He doesn't have the quarterback that he needs to run his whatever, his system. And the reason they've stalled is, is more on Carr than on, on Gruden, which is not really fair, but nothing about life is fair. If you're the quarterback and you make the money he makes – then that's going to happen. Yeah, that's, that's the nature of the position. You know, when the Raiders are playing well and, and or any team is playing well, the quarterback's going to get a lot of praise. And when a team's not, the quarterback's going to get a lot of flack. And there's just a lot of, I think, you know, pent up – well, not pent up, but a lot of anger with with, uh, with the way things have gone the last few games. And, um, you know, Carr's right in the forefront of it. And it kind of all just – just accumulated uh, that moment right there at the in the black hole that was pretty ugly. I also think like I mean I think Carr always talks about his approach. He's very even keel, wants to keep things like on one level and not let emotion get too much into it. That's the opposite of his fan base. His fan base yeah. is so emotional, like living and dying. Every fan base but, is right. But this one, I yeah. mean, yeah, you're right. I think every fan. But this one really, to my, to my experience. Really is all in. Like we're going with Super Bowl. We freaking stink. We're the worst team in the history of the world. It's like one of those two, pretty much are the options week to week. So they're a very emotional fan base, and he's not like that. He's definitely um, says the things probably they don't want to hear after losses, and he's probably so. I just think um, I think that's part of it. It's just it's a really weird dynamic for him. I'm sure it's uh, it's sad. I'm sure like he, he you mean. You could tell you said he's getting a little salty. The last two weeks has been a little saltier than usual, with and he's been booed now twice. The last two games, and I feel bad for him. I definitely this is, he's the all-time leading passer here. He's had more good moments here than bad. He's, and this organization been through a lot of a lot of crap. There's been a lot of things wrong here. So to put it all on him these last six years is, is not really fair. But you know whatever that's what it is, and it's really a set to me. It's a, a brutal ending to the uh, to his time here in Oakland. And what did you gather hanging out in the locker room, kind of talking to some of these guys? It seemed like, you know, for some of them, there was, you know, the genuine, man, we really wish we could have done something for these guys. I think we experienced a lot of that. I mean, there was, you know, there's, there is, I think there is some sentiment that, hey, you know, we, we can't, you know, Rodney Hudson was kind of really, you know, I, I can't get caught up in that, you know. And he's obviously a guy who is part of this team's future going going ahead to, uh, to Vegas. Um, you know, and there are some, a few guys at least that you consider part of the bright future, but what was your sense, kind of from that locker room? How many guys were, were kind of really sold out about trying to send this game, this you know, this era out on a good note? Yeah, they felt bad. Even the Cleveland Furl came down to the black hole and gave his shoulder pads up to some fans. He said he felt bad and he deserved to be booed. I just think that 
my my main takeaway from the locker room was that I think everyone's kind of in shock. Just the I mean, they mm-hmm. were they dominated this game. I'm sure maybe they only if you mentally celebrate too soon, but I mean, they clearly had no idea this ending was possible and the way it happened. And just the, with like you said, so much on the line emotionally. These fans were being so vested and having this happy ending right there, and all of a sudden it's gone in a matter of minutes. I mean, that's I think it was a lot of shock. I think a lot of players. Um, you know, you always want to believe that um, things are going to work out in the end. And, but I think now you got two games left in the season. You've lost, you know, four in a row now, three by blowouts. This one, maybe even worse than a blowout. Yeah, worse than a blowout. So, I mean, I don't. It's it's going to be a rough week for these guys to kind of get back into it mentally with uh, you know two road games coming up to finish the season. Yeah, um, it's. It, it really was just kind of shocking. What did you think of the atmosphere here? I mean, I know at one point we were, it, it felt a little bit subdued. I think, you know, they scored the touchdown early on. It got a little rocking. And then it was just kind of, you know, a battle of field goals. And and kind of in that mode where they were dominating the game but not finishing with the touchdowns. But the touchdowns are really what gets, gets the stadium going. And so as you got into that second half, you know, they had comfortably ahead. It looked like they are going to win this game. But it, it felt a little subdued. I kind of was happy a little bit when the game got close. All right, let's let's right. get the crowd going right. a little bit. Let's kind of have some some good final loud moments. And I think they were kind of getting themselves ready to have a big last celebration and obviously didn't didn't happen. And uh, you know, it was a kind of a late arriving crowd. I think the, the parking right. lot we we spent some a good amount of time out there before the game. Uh, a lot of people took a little while to uh, to get into the game, but yeah, it, it did seem the atmosphere a, a little bit subdued just it's kind of the game that, that yeah, unfolded. Yeah, and that's probably part part of that probably due to the matchup. I mean, you had the two you know, coldest teams in the league I mean, based on the last month. I mean, the Jags have been blown out five straight games. Not a very inspiring opponent. So, Not I think like you said, you can probably, you know, so we'll miss the first half of the first quarter. Yeah. We'll be fine. And I think and you, then wa- you, only, you end up missing the only touchdown yeah. in the Raiders score. and you watch the game, and clearly, like, for the first two and a half quarters, there's no indication at all that the Jags, Jags can win this game. There's clearly, like – They've totally looked like they're totally mailing it in, and the Raiders are you know, well in control of the game. So I think at that point, you're not really getting too fired up. Like you said, you're kind of saving it for the end. Like, you know what? This is going cool. We're just chilling, and we're going to have a nice big you know, yell at the end of the game. Then, I mean, I'm sure some Raider fans probably in the back of their minds, like, you know what? We've seen things go bad before. Maybe let's hold off. And But I just can't imagine anyone thinking that ending was possible based on who they were playing and – I mean, Minshew Mania was not impressive until God, the fourth. He has no goal. arm strength. I mean, but he's four, gutsy. Yeah, he's gutsy and he scrambled. And I think you know, in the fourth quarter, he showed that if you don't cover anybody, he can he can hit them. If, if guys are wide open, he'll he'll get to them. I think that was the attitude the team kind of took on too, just because it didn't feel like it wasn't like the Raiders blew him out, but it just didn't feel like the Jaguars were really in this game at any point. It didn't feel like it was possible for them to come back. And maybe that kind of attitude kind of seeped into the team too, and it led to th- that demise. I and mean, it was just so many little mental mistakes. It wasn't like a few big plays that really made this. It was just like a bunch of boneheaded plays that kind of turned into to this comeback for the Jaguars, for the Raiders. So just you know, just not a very good teams don't do that. And obviously, right now the Raiders are aren't a good team. 
And, you know, the unfortunate thing is the collapse kind of overshadows. I mean, you know, big day for Waller. Josh Jacobs, um, you know, they, they, they were able to kind of slow him down, you know, 3.7 yards per carry. But, you know, gutting through 24 carries on, on the, you know, the shoulder injury. Um, Trayvon Mullen was, was a big wow. bright spot. He had, he had a big game. Um, and that's, that's, that's always kind of the unfortunate thing when you have a, a collapse like that is those kind of moments – you know, early on, I mean, you, you see that ty- the Tyrell Williams touchdown. You're yeah. like, man, here, here's a guy whose dad grew up a diehard Oakland Raiders fan here in Oakland. High, and here he gets to go high-stepping into the end zone, jumps into the black hole. You're thinking, like, this is going to be a great moment for Tyrell Williams. And then, really, this is, ends up not being a great day for, for Williams and, uh, and for this whole team. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just it's just a weird. This whole thing is just weird. How it's just a unique thing you're leaving a city. I mean, it's very very rare for athletes to leave a city and go to another one. And ideally, you wish for a better ending than this. But and you don't really. Know, all these guys have no idea if they'll be in Vegas next year. I mean, I'd probably say maybe like fifteen are pretty positive they'll be there, and some are yeah, hopeful. The, the, but the rookies and second year guys. Yeah, and... but most of these guys have no idea what the future holds. So I think that you know you want to. At least go out with a nice memory here, but uh, it's just uh, I just I'm, I'm you know we're talking about being in shock. I'm still kind of in shock. I wrote my story. And I'm probably still in shock because I thought I'd seen I've seen so many bad things here. I've so many bad plays and bad collapses and bad coaching jobs and bad plays. And I never imagined that I would see that today against this team uh, with this on the line. Just kind of a, you know the big emotional thing on the line. So I am I'm really surprised that uh, that collapse came as fast and as uh, as crushing as it did. Yeah, and just to be positive, though, I think... No, nah, I'm not being positive. <laughs> oh, go ahead, sorry. To be positive, I think the Raiders do have at least a couple of certified superstars in Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs. Those two guys are going to be at the top of their position yeah. moving forward. And Max Crosby's not in that realm yet, but he had a sack today. He He's playing pretty well. He's, he's probably going to have maybe get double-digit sacks at the end of the year. That's another bright spot. Uh, and Alec Ingold, he, you know, fullbacks a position that doesn't get a lot of attention, but I think he's one of the best. Uh, so, so there, there are some positives with the Raiders' season this year, and it's gonna get overshadowed by by the the, the last few losses. But yeah, I mean, look at Waller; he he, he shined today, and um, yeah, I think this team isn't super far away from from being good. They obviously need another good draft and a good off season. Um, but yeah, it, it just. A few positives. I don't know. That's, that's an excellent yeah. point. But I'll ask you this then. Do you have confidence that this coaching staff can get the most out of those guys in the future? Like, have you seen enough out of Paul Gunther the last couple of years that you think he can be the guy that leads his defense to uh, being respectable? Uh, I think Gruden has shown some that he could be a modern offensive play caller, and he's he's done some things and obviously had to adjust big time without A.B. and any, any wide receivers. Uh, but obviously, he still has more to prove just because his three-game collapse where they just couldn't produce much is it, um, it, pretty bad. But as far as Paul Gunther, I kind of talked about it with Jimmy a little bit. I, I think he's a really good schematic coach. I, I think where he gets in trouble is I, you know, I can't prove this, and we don't know for sure, but I, I think he has too much control over uh, personnel. And sometimes good coaches aren't the best scouts. And I think if he's choosing some of his some of some players and putting some players in positions that aren't, aren't great and i think maybe that's his weak point but I, I think he's a good schematic coach so i don't know if that gets adjusted later on when, when they move to vegas but he's probably still going to be the coach and i, I think um 
Rich, I, I always get his last name wrong. Basaccia? I think he's a great special teams coach. I think special teams made a, a lot of big strides this year. Um, so they're, I don't think they're a bad coaching staff. There's they're some positives to, to uh, work with for sure. Um, but obviously right now Gunther's the big question mark just because that defense has just performed so bad. Come on, you're going to praise Basaccia. He's got to get Daniel Carlson <laughs> to make a freaking field god. I mean, we didn't even talk about that. He misses the 50-yarder. Mm-hmm. And then, like, running into the kicker, okay, great, you get another try, and then misses it again. Uh, he's he's really had uh, a rough go of it here down the stretch. And, I mean, they, they was so good for so long, they were so happy with him. And they got to yeah. be a little bit concerned there. He seemed like he's in his own head now as far as the wind and trying to adjust to things. I think he's doing a lot of tinkering constantly, so that's when you get in trouble. So, I think last year he had so much confidence. I didn't even talk to him now. It's still there, but it's not the same. He definitely, he's got some, he's not uh, going out there positive he's going to make a kick. And I think he saw that today. I'm sure that having the rest of the team see that, that can't be good for your spirits. That's got to be bad for morale when a guy misses two kicks. And you're like, oh, shit, here we go, here we go again. I mean, I'm sure that's what you, what you think. Like, oh, maybe we can actually lose this game. Oh, wait, but they're not going to let this guy drive down the field in a minute. But no, we are. Well, we are. And I just, um, God, I just, um, I feel bad, man. I feel bad. We, you mentioned we were out there today tailgating, and uh, we saw a lot of fans say goodbye, pay respects. We had some great, some great prime rib, probably the best prime rib I've ever had. Uh, shout wow. out to Rod. But um, and these fans were excited, man. They were some were sad, obviously, but they were kind of excited to be here and be part of this moment and kind of like say, mm-hmm. say goodbye, say thanks their own way, and just um, have something to kind of look back on. And now you're gonna look back on just the Minshew Mania comeback. I mean, it's just uh, it fits though, right? I mean. You know, we all have been. Everyone's been trying to come up with their best Coliseum memories. We did it on on the show earlier, right? And it it's honestly so damn hard because I I mean when I think about you know my five years covering this team, you know there was some there was some big games in 2016. You know right. the the Panthers game, uh, the Broncos game where they dominated on Sunday night. But I mean when you th- the the I think the game that I probably remember the most covering was Derek Carr breaking his leg. Right. Um, you know, that was Christmas Eve. And or we Nick, had all the seven touchdowns or Jamal Charles running by Miles Burris five straight times. I mean, Ronald McClain covering Megatron down the field, costing him a playoff spot. I mean, there's so many, so many bad moments here in the last index know. card. Index and card. See, I mean, that's actually, I wasn't at that game, but that's actually, that's another one of my like, I call it best memories only because I was actually just down the street at the right. Kaiser. My son had been born the day before, so I was I was watching that game on TV with uh, the Coliseum lights in the background. I could look out the window and see that uh, my son, who turns uh, who turns two tomorrow, right. was, uh, had been born. So that's actually one of my best memories. Um, it has nothing to do with what happened on the no, field. Cause... It's funny you mention that because, like, you know, in that game, I was the pool reporter. So, like, you that's pick right. a guy out to go talk to the officials after the game about a controversial play. You were the greatest play. pool reporter in, in pool reporter history there. I've never seen a pool report as good. I mean, I'm, I'm not even like. This is beautiful, man. That's why I brought because, this up. Because, you know what? Like, every pool report ever is just like two standard questions and a, and a canned response. This guy grilled. And did because it was a ridiculous thing. Anyway, the reason I brought it up was today that controversial play call and they called the uh, car out of bounds is a perfect time to get a pool reporter to go down there. But when it happened, I never thought it was going to be a key call. I thought they were still at a first down. I still thought there was no way they're going to lose the game at that point. There's like two and a half minutes left, or maybe a little more, two or five left. Two or five. So I thought there's no way. I didn't think about 
I may need to make plans to go down and talk to this guy about this call. Because that completely call. craters your postgame plans. You don't get any. Exactly, yeah. You're, you're, that's your whole postgame. But it is a big enough call in hindsight yeah. that you want to ask him what the hell he was thinking. Why did he call that? Did he realize what was being – a lot of questions for the, for the official. But I never thought it would be that big of a call at the time. And then by the time the whole thing winds down, they go march down the field and – you know, the fans are booing car and they're throwing the nachos on the field. I mean, <laughs> you by the way, who, some nachos. who keeps nachos around at the end of the game to throw them around? Like, usually they're, oh, he was, he was they're saving them. He was saving them. Yeah, throw them under the seat. Yeah. But <laughs> that's, just, that's hardcore to throw nachos on the field. But anyway, so that's I thought it was interesting because looking back, I wish I had a chance to ask him what the hell he was doing on that So call. does Derek. I mean, he, he yeah. post game. he said, I wish, you know, maybe maybe one of these days uh, the ref will have a, a press conference. And obviously that there are situations that it has to be requested. Um but I mean, it happens with two minutes left in the game. It's just not you're not yeah. you're not thinking. Uh, yeah, and at that point, I never thought they even then I thought they weren't going to lose the game. So I never even thought about like, hey, I should try and you know, make plans to talk to them. And but uh, no, nah, it's just uh, and you know the Raider fans love to blame the officials. So it's kind of it's also fitting that you have one last thing to yell at the NFL for the schedule. And, if, and they're right. This is it was a terrible call, and it cost them. We said seventy seconds. So. Potentially seventy seconds, but um, yeah, six and eight, man. Who would have thought we? What? I mean, it's the season's been ridiculous. Just uh, all the soap opera with Antonio Brown, the road trips, like they got hot, and all of a sudden, like when Derek said, they're the best story in the league for a while, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they're crap again. And I mean, uh, I mean, this is kind of about where we probably expected them to be, right? But they got there in a, in a different way than we expected. Is how I would describe it. I mean, right. I think. Six, but, I mean, six and eight is is that's that's in that's kind of their range. But when you but, st- get to six and four, right? But we've hit six and eight, and we're going you know, hundred miles an hour south. Six and ten. I mean, we're it's it, we're it's yeah. we're, I mean, I would be surprised at this point if they win one of the next two. Based on, I mean, I just, you, know, you haven't seen them play well for a while. And today they were they were okay. I mean, they were the better team against a team that didn't care for a while, but they didn't last. So. I mean, it's going to be hard to win in L.A. and then I think in Denver. So I think uh, it's a six and eight. You're right. We're all probably having this ballpark, but it's a six and eight. We're going fast, going fast south. Uh, to be positive, draft capital. <laughs> yeah, draft positive, capital. Baby. Let's be positive. <laughs> higher draft pick uh, with oh, his loss. Draft you know, pick. Last season, that win cost uh, cost the Raiders Nick Bosa. So you so know, call for the tank. You, you got, yeah, you got a loss over here. The the Bears lost today. So you know, you, who, the, who the are Raiders they taking for? Who are they? Uh, they're not going to get. Not getting Chase Young. CD Lamb. CD Lamb. Yeah. All right. What are you guys going to miss about this place, uh, the Coliseum? Well, I won't miss the cold. Right now, it's freezing in here. I can't. I forgot how cold it was in here in, the, in December in the press box. It was really cold, so I won't miss that. I've definitely gotten sick here a lot over the last 10 years because of this temperature here. But I'll miss the fans. I mean, I'm definitely a fan. We mentioned it, they're nuts. But it's a special breed. I definitely enjoyed my time talking to them, and both in person and in social media. So I'll miss the fans um, that are coming in, you know, the, the tailgate atmosphere and the smoke and it's the crowds and the music. I love the music. The music. Great job with the music, both outside and inside the stadium. A lot of good R and B and rap joints, uh, but uh, the place itself was a dump. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna miss <laughs> the Coliseum at all. I mean, uh, just look at it. Let me look at we're looking at it right now. It's, it's a freaking dump. So I think uh, you can see why they wanted to leave this place. But uh, whatever, it's got character. And it's been home for these guys for a while, so it definitely uh, has some special qualities. Ted and I got a nice. Escort into the the stadium for that was that was, we did we uh we got lined up kind of 
entered the parking lot right as the team um, was coming, was all coming in. So they had the police escort. So then we were the 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 first car they let in after the police escort. Ah. So we kind of had the uh, you know like all the, the the one bus with all the coaches. We saw Gruden driving in. We saw everybody driving in, and then we were like the last car. Kind of we were you know right behind the police, and so we we had all the camera you know fans with all their phones out uh we even had one guy i had my window rolled down we had one guy say hey i love the podcast so nice. we uh we, we we got the uh the rock star greeting as we uh drove into that yeah it, it felt pretty good you know people were taking pictures and everything and then, then i heard somebody make a comment oh they let the scrubs in <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. the, high, the highs and lows man yeah. the highs and lows oh, that's that's the uh, coliseum that uh, is i mean i will say for all it's 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 flaws for all it's warts the ingress egress is phenomenal. I mm-hmm. do love driving in here. It's, yep. I don't know. I don't. Is there any other stadium that you that you go to, Vic, that you can drive in this easily? I mean, that was that was always such a big thing to Mark Davis, and uh, you're not going to have it in Vegas. But the ingress egress was phenomenal. Yeah, Elite. there you go. Amen to the ingress egress of the <laughs> Oakland Coliseum. That was the last thing. <laughs> And also, the opposing teams going down the field. The ingress egress of the Jaguars. <laughs> down what, the field. what about what we got? We got to. We got to share the moment um, when the Jaguars scored the game-winning touchdown. And here's another thing I do love about the Coliseum is we are right next to, as we talked about last week, right next to the visiting coaches right. booth. And um, sometimes you get to hear some 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 jewels from there. And uh, as soon as they scored that touchdown, you hear one of the assistant coaches. I don't know if it was Dee Filippo or not. Um, I don't think it was, but but it says. And the Oakland Alameda Coliseum goes silent, and that it did. It was really quiet. Uh, I'll miss that. I'll miss being next to the coaches' booth because we was hear great. we hear all sorts of great things from the, from them. Yeah, I saw Flip at halftime when he was coming back in from the locker room, and I kind of gave him a look like, "Oh." <laughs> 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 he kind of gave me the same look like, "My team's like, terrible." Hey, I got something up my, like, my, my team's terrible, but then sure enough, I mean, they, they rallied somehow. But uh, yeah, it's just. Uh, I mean, it's not often you get a team that just lays down for you and you, like, just lose to them. But uh, it happened today. It was a trap. A trap. <laughs> a trap. <laughs> like, they played that play yeah. trap. Yep, we're going to play dead for three quarters. <laughs> and then when you fall, you fall asleep, we're going to get you. It's a good trap. All right, guys. Well, I think uh, it's time to say goodbye to the Coliseum. We are uh... – Also, some of these linebackers, man. These linebackers don't make any plays, man. I was just thinking about – Did the linebacker make one play today for Mark, the Raiders? Markel Lee had a big – Mark Lee had, had a play. Mark Lee had a play. I apologize, Markel. He had a play. But, man, like, I never see those guys – whatever. I mean, the whole team's got problems. Like, but... I honestly, like, I don't understand the concept of covering a football team that plays defense. Like, it's just – you know, I I mean, I'm saying that to be a dick. Like, well, that's kind of something like, I mean, it's it's like you don't, you know, it's when they make a play, you're like, oh hey, right. not like okay, that's what they're supposed to do. It's right. it's just it's such a strange phenomenon that every year, every year, they just can't figure out that side of the ball. And like if it's, if it's fourth and one in the third quarter, you put 13 guys in the field. That's not that's not allowed. That's not a good. We had Nick Roach on the, the all decade linebacker. Hey, that's the all decade linebacker. Shout out Nick Roach. <laughs> get your uh, get your free 10 uh, day. <laughs> turn that Winnebago around. Come back here and you can play a linebacker. Nick Roach. How old is he? He's probably got some 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 juice left. Oh man. I'm just saying, it's just uh, 
they have, we've talked about this. They don't have any playmakers on defense. They have a couple guys with potential, like you mentioned, Crosby and Mullen. But, uh, man, it's just uh, those linebackers. I don't, I don't know. It's just, I mean, they got to just draft. Next year, they got to just draft one in the first round. Sorry. Second round latest. Like, if you don't draft the linebacker in the first two rounds, the draft was a failure. That's it. I'm like, you know what? We blew this one again. They also kind of need another pass they, they need rusher. everything. They yeah. also kind of need a wide receiver. Might need a quarterback but, if they decide to go in a different direction. There's like – I, mean, I know a lot. We know that quarterback. I, I, got, I got their quarterback for next year. Who is it? Case Keenum. What about Derek Carr? Case Keenum, you sign him. He's, oh, man. This guy buried the lead. He's, he's replacing Derek Carr in our podcast. I'm not replacing him. You just said the quarterback next year is Case Keenum. Or you bring him in and – you don't bring him in like – you kind of bring him in as the veteran backup that you might give a Dude, little opportunity to. Derek Carr's not a dummy. If you bring in Case Keenum, he's going to know what's up. He's going to be like, hey, man, John Gruden loves that guy. He thinks he's a gamer. He does love – He does. I, I've, I've been pointing that out to yeah. uh, behind the scenes to a couple people. I, I, I would not be surprised if Case Keenum – I'm not saying – you know, necessarily. You, know, you kind of are. I, I, I'm he's, saying he's, it, he's kind of saying it. I'm saying it. I'm saying <laughs> if I were to pick one quarterback that I would identify as the most likely for John Gruden to go bring in, I, I could definitely see a Case Keenum quarterback, uh, quarterback in the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, you kind of we'll need a splash for Vegas. So Case Keenum John not really Gruden splashing. is not really. Uh, he, he likes it's like a little sprinkle. I, I, well, he here's what he can do. He can sell him as the next Rich Gannon, the veteran who's. Had a little bit of success, you know, journeyman, boom. And he played for Jay Gruden. He's going to hire Jay Gruden as an offensive coach. I definitely, gonna... I definitely think Jay Gruden's coming in. But uh, Bring uh, Case Keenum with him. Poor Derek Carr, man. Gets booed off the field. And then on the podcast, he finds out <laughs> that Case Keenum is the next quarterback of the Oakland Raiders. Oh, 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 Las Vegas Raiders. My oh, bad, that, my that bad, I was telling some guys at the tailgate about that. It's going to be Case Keenum. But just, like, yeah, please, man. please don't tell me. Like, they're... They were like, I didn't didn't want to hear that. It, it's not, it's, it's kind of depressing to think that that could be him. But who knows? That's that's just uh, uh, don't mean, don't aggregate it. That's just my uh, guess. I know fans, you know, like we mentioned, are down on Carr, and they don't want to hear that he'll be back next year. But they can so easily get another receiver in the draft. Like it's such a great great receiver draft. You can get like a top guy in the first round. So look, Derek didn't have this guy last year, and we had all the problems with Antonio Brown and JJ Nelson. All we lost so many receivers and. Tyrell was hurt. You can look. Yeah, at, I forgot about JJ Nelson. He, he was, he was the guy for a while. For a second, for a second, <laughs> yeah. he was the guy. Until I, I pissed off. Completely <laughs> forgot about that name. So I'm just saying, you can definitely sell it. Like you know what? Now they have yeah. Derek give Derek this weapon, like we had last year with AB, and now watch. So you can definitely give Derek new life with uh, some draft picks and and totally spend that for for the Vegas people. So that's that's the worst thing about this year is that the you know the whole point of AB was to be able to. I mean, we talked about it, was to be able to provide the final official full evaluation of Derek Carr right. because he had the proper weapon. And well, I, it was I mean, the A B Tyrell combination. Now yeah. you got you paid a lot of money for two guys. You you went out and got two guys and, gave and a lot you of had money Darren for, Waller. Right. You know, and so I think that's that's the worst thing that's happened this season is that you didn't get to get what you expected to be the the proper final evaluation of Derek Carr. So now you go into Vegas still uncertain there because if he was playing like this and they were offensively they were performing like this with AB, with Tyrell, with the weapons they expected, I think you could say, all right, if this is what our offense is with these guys, then it's time to move on. 
but you still don't have that evaluation. And that's probably the worst thing that's happened to the Raiders this year is that like you're saying, okay, well, now we'll get him a receiver, and then we'll be able to see what he you're does. You're right. No, we're back to where we were last year, and like we talked about earlier, this offseason is going to be so many rumors about Derek Carr's job security and who's coming in, and Gruden loves this guy, Gruden loves that guy. It's going to be worse than it was last offseason, and that's what we were trying to they, that's what they were trying to avoid by having a clear cut. You know what? This is what the second year with, with John Gruden. We got all these guys. We brought in Trent Brown. He got protection. We got receivers. We're going to see if Derek Carr is the guy. And I'd imagine if you, they will never say this, but Mike Mayock and John Gruden probably have no idea if Derek Carr is the guy right now for them long term. So that's not, not ideal. Nope. All right. Well, we've gone on long enough here. I think it's time to head home from the Coliseum. Um, Signing off from this press box. Should we take one something? What can we take? Can we like take a souvenir? Should we go down and grab something? Like a. Uh, Let's go head down to the field. Let's big go chunk grab of, a chunk of dirt. But who wants dirt, though? Why would you? I mean, what am I going to do with a big chunk of dirt? From lay the grass. Yeah, I, I, don't, mean, I don't want that. Is there a chair or something I can take? Or like a, uh... Let's take those nachos. That <laughs> Let's go get a bite of nachos. <laughs> yeah. All right, it's Ted's going to tweet, right tweet out a bite of nachos. <laughs> are they, are are they really are? Nachos in the end zone? Yeah, right there. Nachos in the end zone. They are still there. Beautiful. You guys have good eyes. I can't see that. <laughs> I'm getting old. See all that spread uh, in between the E and the R. So you're going to go down and grab those and put them like <laughs> in, a, in a time capsule box at the nachos that are on the field? I'm not, Ted is. Yeah. Well, once uh, Carr, you know, redeems himself, those are going to be I'm the nachos. Take, I'm going to take some. The redemption nachos. The redemption nachos. I'm not sure why I'm saying this on the podcast. I'm taking some. I'm looking around for something to take. So Remember, the stadium's still in operation for the Oakland A's. Come on. All right, let's find something to take. I won't take anything. Never mind. I was just kidding. I'm not going to take anything. I provided you legal protection by now. (laughs) Beginning you to admit you will not take anything. I'm not taking anything. All right, good. All right, guys. We will talk to you again later this week as we uh, get ready for Raiders and Chargers in LA. That'll that'll you know that'll be one other final good memory of this season for Raider fans down in LA. They need to see their team next week. Maybe they'll have a good memory down there. They've, they've had so many good what memories. Talking in, about? In, in <laughs> He's trying to sell the Raiders Chargers game. Oh my God. I just want to say though, uh, to all the fans today, reach out to us uh, outside and tell how much you love the show. I appreciate it. We all appreciate it. And thanks for listening. And, uh, Again, sorry about the pain you're going through right now. I would say at some point it'll be better, but that could be a lie. I don't know. Maybe we'll, we'll... At some point in the next 50 years, they will be good again. Hang in there. Draft capital. Later.